This might be the most important offseason in the history of the Cincinnati Reds. We'll explain why on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, and my name is Jeff Carr. Alongside me will be Stephen Offenbaker, and joining us today will be Chad Dotson from the Riverfront. We are all lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned our addictions into information for you. I want to thank you for making Locked On Reds part of your day. I want to encourage you, if you're not an everyday, become one. Subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Follow us on YouTube and click that bell to get notified whenever we've got new content for you because we're going to be here every day. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, and we're free and available on all podcasting platforms. Coming up on today's show, Chad Dotson joins us to talk about what could be the most important offseason in the history of the Cincinnati Reds. All right, so that might be hyperbole, but we describe why it's definitely on the upper up of the lists of important off seasons in Cincinnati Reds history. We're also going to look at what the Reds need to do. Who's on the top of the wish list. What is the focus for Nick crawl this off season that's coming up and so much more here on the lockdown Reds podcast that is brought to you by FanDuel. make every moment more new users can now get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet that wins. That's 150 bucks with your winning team. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. And we'll get started with Chad Dotson. This has got to be the most important off season in the history of the Reds because where they are, where they've been and what it looks like they could do with the core of this team. Am I wrong in saying that? Yeah. Oh yeah. You're wrong. Uh, obviously <laughs> um, this, no, um, I don't know if it's the most important off season ever, but I'm telling you it is. I think you're, I think you're not far from the mark. If it's not, it's an extremely important off season. And um, it's one where the Reds have an opportunity to, to it's, a, it's a unique situation. We talk about all these years we've been talking about the Reds and watching the Reds and we're all lifetime uh, lovers of, of the Reds. I don't know that I remember a single offseason where uh, it was clear what they needed to upgrade. I think it's clear. Um, it's clear that they need to upgrade and they clearly have the resources to do it. And so, um, and that should be enough for excitement. And uh, I'm not that excited uh, for reasons, but um, it, it could be extremely exciting if if they really lean heavily into we uh, are gonna we're gonna win this division next year. And uh, and if they do that and get creative in the off season and really uh, spend some money and uh, spend some of their trade capital, this could be not just the most important off season ever, but by far the most exciting off season uh, of my lifetime anyway. And that's uh. I, that's that's fun to think about. I hope it happens. I yeah, stumbled into a thought yesterday on the show, Chad, that has kind of stuck with me since it, it just you do a lot I of stumbling into thoughts. I did. I stumbled right into it. I even got the names right, which has been a problem for me this week. But you know, I was thinking just kind of out loud to Jeff while we were recording, and it made it into the show that for me, you know, the Reds where their payroll sits now, it's realistic to say that they could spend $50 million this off season and still be in the Castellini comfort zone because the team payroll would be below league average still, 
but it would give them an opportunity to address those glaring needs that need to be upgraded. And the thought that I stumbled into with that was that, you know, Bob Castellini doesn't have a whole lot of years left in order to fulfill that, that ego boost, that thing he wants to do, which is be on the field and get that world series trophy. So for me, just from a standpoint of it makes sense, it makes sense to me that the Castellinis would authorize a 40 to $50 million budget increase for crawl to work with this off season. Does that seem logical, reasonable neighborhood appropriate for you? Or do you think they won't spend that much money? I would say when it comes to the, the Castellinis and what they will and won't do, I, I'm mm -hmm. not going to ever uh, default to the, to the side of them spending any money, frankly. I think you're not wrong. I, I think you're right. As a matter of fact, that even uh, $50 million is still a, you know, ridiculously low uh, payroll and even, and, and much lower than the Castellinis have authorized in years past. Um, it's not like they've been the bottom of the league in, in payroll every year. There have been times when they've been around league average. Um, if the, if this team, if they decided to spend to get the league average this year, Shohei Otani. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, they can get whoever they wanted almost. Um, so, but no, I don't think it's unreasonable to say 50 million would still be in that, whatever that comfort zone is. I think that that sort of dream of holding that trophy, I don't think that's a thing anymore. I think that that day has passed. I think Castellini has stepped away from Bob Castellini, stepped away from day-to-day -day, uh, management and, and Phil doesn't care. I mean, I think that I, there's plenty of evidence of that both uh, publicly and privately that that's the case. Um, but, but to, to your point, if they spend $50 million, that's, that's a lot of money. Um, and there's a lot of money for this team to spend in one off season. It would be uh, as, as big a, 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 an investment into the club as we've, we've ever seen really in, in an off season. And they could address a lot of, a lot of problems, a lot of holes in this roster, really improve the team and still be a, you know, low budget team. <laughs> um, it's, it's an interesting way to, to think about it um, because it's true. They have two players under contract right now. All right. right. You know, if we don't include King Griffey Jr. Um, Last year birthday. of his deferred yeah. he's, yeah. he's not, yeah. he's not suiting up. He's not playing this year. <laughs> well, I don't know. There may be a spot for him if they don't sign some more guys, but um, <laughs> no, no, I, th I think you're right. I think you're right. And that, that's, that's sort of why I'm skeptical that they're going to do anything, but really, really excited about the opportunity, what they can do, because they don't have to, you know, it's not like they have to get to a league league average. They've done so good, quote unquote, a job of slashing payroll that just to align the the payroll to the resources is uh, that's still pretty significant. Uh, and so it could be extremely exciting. And my fingers are, are definitely crossed. So let's kind of dive into the shopping list because Steve and I differ on what the biggest need for this team is this offseason. We've talked about it a few times. I'm sure we'll talk about it a few more times as the offseason goes along, but when I look at this team, I, I say it needs a stable, good starting pitcher. And to be frank, I mean, I mean, a couple of guys that the Cardinals signed these last few days and Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson were on the list, but they were definitely far down the list. So I don't think that the Reds like missed the boat or anything by not getting either one of those guys. But that's that's kind of where I'm at with that. What, what, what's kind of your if, if, if you would fill out a grocery shopping list for Nick crawl to go out to Kroger with, uh, what's he coming back with first and foremost? Oh, uh, three starting pitchers. Okay. I, I, you know, I want, I want a number two, a number three, a number four. I, I don't trust. I love some of the guys the Reds have, but you saw what happened this past year 
Okay. The, the, the pitchers don't stay healthy. We need depth. And so uh, at least one, absolutely. I don't see how you can go into next season without one and, and maybe uh, someone can explain it to me, but um, because just because of I, why, why would you rely on any of these guys being healthy? Cause none of them, none of, none of them have them. now, if they're healthy, there's incredible talent here. We have, and and even some depth if everyone's healthy. I've never been alive. There's been one season in my lifetime where the Reds have been pitchers have been healthy all season long. And so, I, I don't. I think. I think that's that's hoping uh, for a, for a good. Twenty twelve is never happening again. No. Exactly. <laughs> hope, hope is not a strategy, uh, as I say. So, I've um, heard that. But anyway, that's my thoughts. I like. I think starting pitching is by far to me the most important thing. So and and I differ from Jeff and now apparently you as well on this and and don't get me wrong it's not that I don't think the rotation would benefit from going out and signing a guy but you know the question that Jeff and I have been arguing about or, or, or disagreeing about we don't argue but I feel like it is imperative to go out and sign two or three really good arms for the bullpen this is a bullpen that you need every day starting pitchers don't go eight nine innings anymore it that, that's a baseball past. The bullpen is valuable to this team every day. It needs to be upgraded. It needs to be improved. After that, I think they have to go get a power-hitting right-handed bat for the outfield. That's need number two for me. If they meet those two needs and there's money left over that Carl is allowed to spend, then sure, by all means, go get a starting pitcher. But if, if you're going to spend the money on a rotation piece, it needs to be a significant upgrade because right now they've got six guys vying for five spots. You add another guy to that mix and have seven starting pitchers vying for five spots. You assume somebody goes to the bullpen as a long man. That helps the bullpen. But the, the money you would need to spend to upgrade that rotation and in a meaningful way, you're right. They would need to get more than one for it to matter. But if you upgrade that bullpen that helps you every day and you get a right-handed power bat, to help drive in runs and play in the outfield and, and solve some of the platoon problems out there that makes the Reds better every day. Starting pitcher helps you every fifth day and it doesn't address these glaring needs. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm not saying I don't want a starting pitcher, but I don't think it should be priority number one. I think it falls at least third on the list of upgrades that need to be made. We have more of our conversation with Chad Dotson coming up right after this. Before we do, though, I want to tell you about today's sponsor, and that is FanDuel. FanDuel is your number one place to go right now as we are moving into the second half of the NFL season. If you want to make some money off of your sports knowledge today, they've got great promos. If you're new to FanDuel, this is the best time to join in because if you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today, your first $5 money line bet that wins will net you $150 in bonus bets on top of the winnings for your money line bet. That's right. FanDuel's got that and so much more when it comes to promos. They've got great kind of single game parlay boost. I love single game parlays. You can you can look when you're talking about football, you can talk about passing yards, rushing yards, touchdowns, all that stuff. Put it all together and increase your payout when you win. They've got great lines when you're talking about point spreads and money lines and over-unders and things like that. I always tell you, take the over. Unless you're talking about this weird, I, I was looking at this and I know this has nothing to do with Cincinnati, but Iowa and Nebraska play this weekend and the over under is at 26 points. They really don't think they're going to score a lot. I think it might be kind of fun to take an under on something like that. I don't know. That, that, that That's just, yeah, it's, we're getting weird here around the holidays. 
talking about unders and stuff like that. But there's so much more to check out over on FanDuel, so I encourage you to join today. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Take advantage of their promo for new users of $150 in bonus bets with your first $5 money line wager that wins. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL and the official sportsbook of Locked On. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows that cover every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, let's jump back into our conversation with Chad Dotson. Well, I guess my, uh, I don't think you're wrong about uh, needing a right-handed uh, bat. Um, and I think you're, you're right. The Reds need uh, relievers as well. So I think they need to spend a lot of money and improve in a lot of areas this, this offseason. But I just, I see a team last year who uh, offensively struggled down the stretch. So uh, that that's maybe a uh, an argument in Steve's favor on this. Uh, they, need, they needed more offense down the stretch. But I also see this team, you know, uh, Get, if, if they if they follow that plan, we get to September and the Reds are in, in the mix and they have guys uh, like, uh, you know, um, who, uh, Brett Kennedy. Connor and, or, yeah, 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 Ryan Richardson right. or something, yeah. Carson Spears, uh, Connor Overton, the Levi Stouts of the world, starting uh, games in September. And I'm just, I'm, yeah, I, they, we don't, we're not expecting pitchers to go nine innings anymore, but you do need pitchers every five days that can go five. Um and uh, so, I, I, I don't know. I, to me, if they could strengthen that uh, rotation, it makes the bullpen a little less uh, of a of, of a need in some ways. But you're going to have to get relievers too. I, I, I think they do have to right. improve this bullpen. I mean, that's absolutely my, on my wish list. But I just I, I watched that starting rotation down the stretch, and they didn't even know who was going to start. They had, had had weeks where they didn't know who three of the starters were going to be. And you're starting Derek Law, and uh, you know having these uh, relief days, oh, yeah. and I. You got to get rid of the bullpen day. No more bullpen days. Words. No, you lie, Jeffrey. No you got excited days. every time. No, every didn't. time they said bullpen day. Uh, way too much bad. fry box. Way too much of the beverages. Yes, no. No more bullpen but, days. <laughs> look at the teams that were in the playoffs, though. They had reliable starting pitching. Every single one of them. At least uh, you know three or four guys down the stretch that you could depend on. And the Reds I, are not – they have some talent, but they're not guaranteed to have that. And I – I just want to see some more depth so that in, in case injuries happen or bad performances happen, that the Reds are still in good position. If assuming they're in the, in the, in the race down the stretch, Texas is the perfect example. They went out and they got Jacob deGrom last off season. And whenever he got hurt, they could have easily just said, well, look, we got deGrom. I mean, what do you guys want? We try to improve our rotation, but instead of saying that they went out and they got Max Scherzer on top of that. Like you just need more and more starting pitching all the time. I always kind of fall back on that because that was something that Bronson Arroyo has told me before. He's just like, there is no such thing as a quarterback in baseball. That's like that kind of important to your team. But the closest is the pitcher because he touches the ball the most. And so you need to have good starting pitching, good stable starting pitching. And the Reds, I mean, I see, and and, and I mentioned, you know, Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson, not necessarily guys that were high up on a list, but they did something that a Red starter hasn't done in a long time. And they made more than 30 starts in a season, and they've done it for multiple years. I want to see one of those guys in a Reds uniform next year, somebody that I can look at and I say, He's durable, he's healthy, and he's a good pitcher. And I know that. I don't 
hope that because I know that we that there's a lot of folks that are saying you cannot block these young guys in the rotation, but it's like, but we're still hoping on them. There's we're, we're blocking potential. We're not blocking something that is a known commodity. No, I think I think you're, you're absolutely right. I, I don't trust these young pitchers. I love them. Uh, I love mm-hmm. that. There's there's you know six guys that I, I think the world of, but you're gonna have to show me uh, first. Um, that you can stay healthy and that you can produce uh, at the big league level for a full season. So, uh, but that, you know, that, that doesn't diminish the fact that they do need relievers. They do need that power bat. I mean, yes. that, that's, I think that's the big point about this most important offseason ever is the Reds. Yeah, we joked about being a year ahead this year, but I, I think they, they fooled some people in terms of uh, how good they're actually going to be next year. They're still going to be relying on a bunch of kids that are in their second year and a bunch of pitchers that are uh, unproven largely. And, they have real holes. I think all the holes we've identified right here are all, you can make an argument for the right-handed power back, the relievers, or the starter as being the top priority. But they should all be priorities that if they want to be a legitimate playoff team next year, and that seems to be what uh, everyone, what I, that's what I want, as if that mattered, um, they need to improve in all those areas. And so that's going to require some investment of uh, either prospect capital, trade uh, assets, or uh, actual United States legal tender. And uh, cash on the barrelhead, and so um, average. That's right. So it's going to be an interesting off season, uh, one way or the other. I, I, do we think they're going to go all in, quote unquote? And I don't think I don't see any evidence that they've ever done that in my lifetime. Um, but uh, boy, if they did, I'm telling you, you talk about excitement in the Queen City because it would be mm-hmm. unlike it would be like it'd be like we've seen with the Bengals in recent years. Just I think that the the Reds fans showed this year when they're fun and exciting and you're really trying, they weren't really trying this year, but um, it's just fun. It's exciting. Got me back to the ballpark. Got me to lift my own uh, ban on going to great American ballpark. Just cause I had to, I wanted to see Ellie De La Cruz and uh, Joey Votto rest in peace uh, on the field together, which I didn't get to do, but, uh, but anyway, so I think that's the point is that they do have a lot of holes here for a team that was still in the, in the, in the playoff mix very late in the season. So let me ask you both this, um, and you can go in either order that you want. If they don't do all three of those things, if they don't upgrade the bullpen at least by a couple arms, go get a bat and a starting pitcher, is the offseason a failure going into 2024? I'll let you take that one first. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. It's uh, <laughs> a tough question. A failure? To me, no. I mean, if if they make any kind of progress on making additions, real additions to this team, not uh, you know wallpapering over over problems like they've done in the past, you know, um, the the Luke Weaver types. We'll take a flyer on this guy, and then hopefully Lose Luke Weaver's number. Lose it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if they if they sign real pitchers, if they sign real players, not just guys that they're bringing in on a minor league contract or um, you know taking a chance on guys, I'm going to probably consider it a success. Uh, even if they don't fill all the holes that I think they need to fill, because we've not seen that that really maybe once or twice uh, in the last uh, 25 years. So if they actually go and acquire real actual major league baseball players, they don't do that in Cincinnati. And so I think that'll be a success. And so, um, because I think it makes the team better and the team doesn't have to be that much better to still be in the playoff mix. Now it's going to be wild card again, maybe, but I don't know. I had some fun with the wild card race this year. So I'm not, I'm not, uh, uh, you know, I'm not downing that, but uh, I don't think I'd say it's a failure. Maybe Jeff, maybe you, maybe you think differently. All right. We've got a little bit more conversation with Chad Dotson. We're going to round things up round third and head for home coming up in just a second. And we'll have that for you right after this. 
You can follow us in between episodes on all of the social media platforms. Find Jeff and I over at X. Uh, you can follow me at S Offenbaker with two Fs. You can follow Jeff at Car at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three Fs. And you can follow the show at Locked On Reds. Also, don't forget you can join our Discord community. The link for that is down in the description of today's episode. Join us over there to talk Reds baseball. We're talking Bengals. We're talking gaming. Uh, we're talking off-topic stuff. It's a great community. Uh, hope you join us there because we would love to talk with you. All right, let's dive back into the final piece of our conversation with Chad Dotson. All you need to do is make it in. You don't, I mean, if you're a wild card, if you're a division winner, I mean, it even kind of looked like it was a disadvantage to be a division winner in the MLB playoffs. Um, I don't think it'll be a failure. It's just to what degree they address each position. I, I think they know that they've got to get some form of pitching, what that looks like. I'll, I'll be a little bit leery if all they do is what the Braves are doing with Reynaldo Lopez and signing a reliever that they try to stretch out into a starter. Like I know guys like Nick Martinez who are on the open market. There are some people that say that he could be a starter, but he was really good as a relief pitcher last year. So maybe you just kind of keep him as a, a swing man. If you, if you assign a guy like that, um, it, it, it's definitely dependent on how they, address it because if they go out and they get a right-handed bat and then maybe they get a bullpen arm and then they get a you know major league minimum type starter then probably looking at like a, a c for the off season which i guess is still i mean c's get degrees so i guess that's a passing grade but um i i think the interesting part for me is just what they do to address it like chad said because the first free agent that they were linked to was Jamer Candelario, and that doesn't do anything for me. So I don't want to see that happen. I, I unless they are really looking at an upheaval, upheaval of trades for the infield or something like that, and um, I, I don't know that I would like that either. So I, I, I think that there is a degree to which it will be a success if they don't go out and check all the boxes. Because, like Chad said, that's that's rare when it comes to this Reds team. And I think that I, uh, the, the part of this that I believe it will end up being a passing grade is because I think Nick Crawl has control of this. I don't think there's something that he's going to make a move and Phil's going to shut down. I think Phil, as, as much as we belabor what Phil, you know, does with this team or more aptly doesn't do with this team, I think he's given him a number and he said, just go do it, do the baseball thing. You take care of that as long as you don't go over this number and we'll be good. And so with that, I, I still think there's going to be a measure of success to the season. Does that mean they're going to go out and get Shohei Otani, um, Blake Snell, and Josh Hader? Probably not. But there's going to be some form of that. <laughs> I think Chad hit on an important piece, which is legitimate baseball players, legitimate moves. It's one thing to say they need to sign a starter, a reliever, and an outfielder. Well, that could be re-signing Luis Sessa, re-signing Will Myers. He's a royal. And, and, and re-signing Sessa. He's a royal. I mean, you know what I mean? Then you say <laughs> I signed a I signed a starter, a reliever, and an outfielder. Right. But to right. Chad's point, legitimate baseball players. If they do two of those three things with legitimate ball players, I will consider the offseason to have been a success. They don't have to do all three, but they – Two tells me they're serious about upgrading and, you know, maybe that's not building a division winner, but it's building a playoff team. I think like you said, Chad, so I, I can look at an off season where they went and sign legitimate relievers and an outfielder and be okay that there wasn't a starter or they go and sign a good starting pitcher 
and a couple bullpen arms and the outfield kind of stays the same. And I, and that would be progress, I would think. So I, I can look at it through that lens and not just say it's a total failure of the offseason if they don't do all three. But I'm going to need two of three with legitimate ball players in order to consider them making upgrades and them making forward progress, I guess. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's I think that's fair, but it also it leads to a point that I talk about and write about a lot, which is that I think we we are three of the most hardcore Cincinnati Reds baseball fans that you will find anywhere, and we just said eh, if they just try a little bit, I'll be I'll be satisfied with this offseason. That's the diminished expectations we have for this team. And frankly, I think that they know they don't have to go all in um, because if they just if sign a couple guys, you can make the case to the Inquirer beat writers that look, we're trying, and oh, we just missed out on some other guys. And they'll transcribe exactly whatever quotes you have, and um, and then then Joe Fan will be happy, show up to the ballpark, and still should be a relatively exciting team. Um, we just need to get away from the idea that championships are the goal here. Um, the goal is to get people in the uh, butts in the seats with it, uh, with spending as little as you can do to get that. I think is the goal going forward. I think that's everything that we've seen from the organization makes me believe that. Um, and so. It's just they've lowered expectations so much that now they don't have to do that much to make us happy. And I, I admit it, I'm a sucker. Just do a little bit, and I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be excited. I'll, I'll be excited anyway. I'm excited every time the spring trainer rolls around. Same here. And speaking of excited, let's let's kind of talk about the guys who are on this team because obviously the offseason brings with it rumors and thoughts of who the Reds can go get and who they can add and new guys and you know Mister Outside Hire coming in and fixing things. When it comes to the guys who are here, the Reds have quite a core in place of young players that are still unproven. There's still lots to learn about these guys, but I definitely see the the vision with most of these players on the team. I think for me, the biggest question, and this is something we'll discuss at length quite a bit throughout the offseason, because that's really all we have is, you know, predictions and projections and things like this. But when you look at the guys on the team, from what we saw of them last season in varying sample sizes from Matt McClain to, to Noel V. Marte, who did you see that you're like, I think this is going to continue. I think this is the kind of guy that he is and what we can expect from him moving forward. Yeah, there, there are six or seven guys you could make the argument for here with all the all the rookie talent that came up and showed uh, different levels of, of brilliance, but all showed flashes of being every single one of those rookies last year. Even Brandon Williams, for what that's worth, you know, showed flashes of at least being a reliable big league starter, which uh, was a little bit of a surprise coming into the season. Uh, but I don't think I pick any of those rookies as my guy that's the most likely to improve or to take a big step forward. Um, and maybe this is just that I'm hoping this guy takes a big step forward. But my answer there is still a young guy, but not a rookie, and that's Hunter Green. I think uh, Hunter Green, before before the injury, was uh, one of the – his numbers didn't necessarily look, look at, but if you look at the advanced numbers, were amazing. Uh, among the, uh, Certainly the best Reds pitcher by far. And he struggled when he came came back and the end of the season with not, not pretty numbers, uh, you know, 4.82 uh, earned run average. But uh, – uh, his ERA plus was close to league average, and he's going to be 24. We know he can do it. Health is a big part of it. But at some point, if it, it's a big if. But if Hunter Green stays healthy, at some point, he's shown enough that he's going to put it all together. I, I firmly believe that. I've seen nothing that makes me think he's not going to put it together. And the, the guy has more talent than any pitcher I've ever seen in a Reds uniform. And so uh, that's the guy that I think's most 
I think he's most likely to improve. He's 24. He will be in his what third uh, big league season, full season. Yeah. Um, I think it's time, and that that's who uh, that's who I'm most excited to watch. Uh, even though I could say that again about a bunch of bunch of other guys as well, but that's my thought. I, I, it's nice to see that you're allowed to talk about Hunter Green again. There was there was a stretch of time there where uh, you weren't. <laughs> Here we go. Talk about Hunter Green. So I, I think it's great that that you guys are back on speaking terms. Um, and, and I think that's you know, yeah. and to, I think that's a great take. I, I, I think that you're right. He has shown us enough in bits and pieces and starts and stops that he has the ability to be that guy. I think the Reds see it. That's why they went ahead and bought out a couple of his, his arbitration years and added a year on the back end. They see it. You see it. I see it. Jeff sees it. We all see it. Uh, I think that's a great take uh, for me. Since you took the great take of the pitcher, I'm going to, I'm going to go in a hitter's lane. And I think the guy that I would look at and say, he showed us who he is. He's going to continue right there, build upon it, be a guy for me. That's Matt McClain. I think he is going to be just the, the, the hard nose blue collar guy that drives this team a little bit, but for most improved, I'm going to jump over to Ellie De La Cruz because I think at every level that he's been at, he's taken a little bit of time and he's figured it out and he has gone off and shown us that he's a superstar. And I get and appreciate the fact that to make those adjustments and get to that space at the major league level may take him a little bit longer. He figured it out fairly quickly at each minor league level, but we're talking about the best of the best in the world playing baseball. So I fully expect him to come into 2024 having figured some things out and applying those to his game on the field and just going like we've seen him do at all the other levels. And he's definitely, yeah. If I can briefly just say, that's a, a, an incredible take. I get so frustrated with people talking about how disappointed they were with this season. He's like, like they 12 know. years old. He's 12 right. years old, and he did things I've never seen. So, yes, he maybe he won't figure it out, but he showed me enough to make me believe that, uh, for, like you said, he has done it at every other level. It's harder at the big league level. I get that. But, my goodness, when his uh, he doesn't even have to reach his ceiling to be one of the five best players in baseball. That's how, that's how talented yeah. this kid is. So, I think you're right. I think he's definitely going to improve, and uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. Sorry, Jeff. I didn't mean to, to hijack no, no, your show. And, and they they always you know they always do these different rankings in the off season, the MOB.com or the Athletic or something like that. And they'll they'll rank like biggest difference makers. And I don't know how they leave Ellie De La Cruz off that list this off season because he can literally do it in every facet of the game. If you're talking about hitting, running, fielding, throwing, all of it. He, he can make a play that just completely turns the game on its head. And I think that we're going to see more consistency in between those. The problem with him last season in his rookie year was that he would do that and then he would strike out a bunch. And then people thought they knew who he was based on the strikeouts, not based on the cool stuff. So I think that, you know, you've got to take both and it's, as, as Cincinnati sports fans, we're want to be like focused on the negative, but there is truly yeah. Lots to be excited about with him. Yeah, no, I know, right? I, I I can't believe I called it that. And that's why people always love to comment on our show because I'm not that person. I don't take the negative side of things. Uh, I, I'm I'm telling you who I'm most excited about is CES. I think that dude we, has got 40 homer potential. I think he's got, you know, cleanup hitter for the rest of his career type vibes to him. And I think that he's the kind of guy that if someone's going to be on base, he's going to make sure and bring him on over and in. I, he's got the kind of plate discipline that 
was frustrating to watch whenever he first came up because he was trying to understand how pitchers worked their stuff, how they moved around the zone and major le- in the major league level and all this other thing. But you could see the wheels turning every time he was in the batter's box. And I'm just like, man, this dude is going to turn it on. And there toward the end of the season, he started a power streak that was just like, okay, this guy is who we thought he was in AAA. It's just it took him a minute to kind of download all the information. And as he moves into this first full season, because I believe he's going to break camp as the Reds' everyday first baseman, and he is going to be just such a huge force in the middle of this Reds lineup for years to come. And it's going to begin this next year because not only does he have the, the tools and the ability to hit, but he's got the mind. And we see that a lot with young guys is that they have the power, they have the the bat speed and all this other stuff, but they don't have the plate discipline. He's got it all. And I think he's going to put it all together very quickly this next year. I, I would say that it's kind of amazing. You're, you're, you're right. I mean, Encarnacion Strand, uh, especially at the end of the season, uh, incredible and showed a lot of potential after struggling a little bit when he first came up. But it, again, like Steve said, it's the, these are the best players in the world. The, the pitchers, they get paid. Uh, they all drive a Lexus or whatever, too. Um, but but we just talked. I think we all made good arguments for different players. I think if you were a, a baseball fan that didn't pay a whole lot of attention, but you just watched you know, September, and you would probably say Noel B. Marte is going to be the greatest player in the history of the world. And we didn't even mention him. So that's that's what's exciting to me about this team is that there's so many guys you could make that argument for. Um, 16 you know, game Mar- hitting streak to end the year. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, hit 400 over his last uh, 20, I think. Um, or you could say Andrew Abbott. You know, I mean, you, there's so, <laughs> so many. That's why this team, with just a little investment, could be just the most fun team that uh that we're likely ever to see and uh so uh, it's it's I, i'm trying not to but i'm getting excited about the team in spite of myself that'll do it for this part of our conversation with Chad dodson coming up tomorrow is part two where we talk about what we're thankful for as it's going to be a happy thanksgiving episode which by the way depending on when you listen to this happy thanksgiving but we will continue our conversation with Chad Dotson on tomorrow's podcast. Make sure you join us. Make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcasting app. Make sure you follow us on YouTube and click that bell to get notified. That way you don't miss anything that we've got coming for you all off season long. Now, check out the Locked On Sports Today 24-7 streaming channel. Just subscribe to the Locked On Sports Today channel on YouTube and find the first ever 24-7 sports streaming channel on YouTube, Locked On has got you covered. And just like Locked On, we've got you covered with all things Reds because we are Locked On Reds every single day.